Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. From education to work, youth training and employment. By Dr. Isa Hassan Al-Ansari, the uh, rector of Prince Muhammad University, PMU. How educational institutions and uh, labor market institutions work to prepare and train a skilled workforce for future needs. Chapter 1. Page 19. Training toward a more sophisticated concept. 1 1. Training Agreement on a Common Formula. The title of this chapter reflects the fact that there is a disparity in reaching a specific definition of the term training in a comprehensive sense. In the midst of available literature on training, whether Arabic or foreign, there are many concepts and meanings surrounding the concept of this term. Since there are multiple concepts, some writers and authors have been working to specify a specific definition or concept for the term training for their books specifically. This has greatly helped to spread multiple concepts of the term. Let us stress here that training is a concept that is vague and overlapping with other concepts prevalent in human resource development and the development of uh, skills and competencies at different levels. There is no doubt that the diversity of interpretations, their increase and differences according to approaches and uh, targets behind the analysis call for considerable effort to clarify the differences between these concepts. All this may lead us to the imperative of identifying a specific concept for the term training before going into the midst of related discussions so that the discussion can take place in the light of at least one specific concept for the purposes of this book. Relevant literature on defining a conversion concept of the term training is different as some define it as a continuous process and the employee must learn continually to develop his competencies throughout his working life. Other literature consider that training is a process of learning new knowledge, methods and behaviors that lead to changes in the abilities of individuals to perform their work. Other literature argue that training is a straightforward formula through which important behavioral skills are developed, modified or updated for the individuals and for the organization they serve relying on a practical methods and means of application. Training should make the individual perfect as perfection is one of the characteristics of this era. A high degree of cognition and foresight is required and generates mastery of work. It is necessary to emphasize here the importance of training to refine and develop human capabilities and competencies in their scientific, practical, psychological, and behavioral aspects. The training process can be termed as a process of creating manpower with high talents and abilities closely linked to the level of technological implementation that characterizes modern life and the technological development of social organization. Again, the training process can be termed as a process of creating manpower with high talents and abilities closely linked to the level of technological implementation that characterizes modern life and the technological development of social organization. 
the training results of course are linked to the establishment development training and development of human competencies are aimed at improving the organization performance however we believe that one of the most important elements of future economic competition will be based on education and training components of the workforce and providing it with the knowledge and skills that help the workforce to perform its duties in the best ways and means. The fact is that all training efforts directed at improving the performance of employees and thus leaving their impact on the development of the institution performance are linked to the provision of provision of knowledge and skills to these workers while not ignoring a very important third element thir- uh, third element their attitudes and point of views <coughs> the element of attitudes cannot be overlooked at can uh, the element of attitudes cannot be overlooked at as it is no less important than, no- than the knowledge and skills targeted by training how can we envision an individual with all, the, with all the knowledge and skills required by a specific job, but adopts a stance or a negative attitude towards this or that profession. We will come to this in detail in the coming chapters of this book. The differences surrounding the training concept are not limited to words and meanings, but have reached the degree of difference in the meaning and the main purpose of training, especially if we knew that many of the definitions do not differentiate between training levels through the surveys, uh, uh, sorry, through the surveys conducted by the author, (coughs) through the surveys conducted by the author, of related literature, the fact has been reached that there is an unjustified focus on the level of unsurface training, as if training has been found only to develop the performance of workers during surface. Every follower notes that many definitions address the training concept from this very tight angle. There is a significant disregard for the pre-surface training phase, which has been termed as the phases of vocational and occupational training, although the terminology is different thereon. However, we should draw a clear distinction between pre- and in-surface training. In-surface training is, of course, different than pre-surface training, vocational and occupational training. In-surface training includes the experiences of individuals after working and gaining a certain amount of education and training. Pre-surface training is aimed at preparing the individual to take over specific tasks for a particular job or a profession. The reader may wonder about the difference between vocational and occupational training. Vocational training uh, for an available job may be more extensive in terms of skills, knowledge, and attitudes towards this job. Whereas a occupational training for a specific job may be for a particular entity, and this type of training follows vocational training. It assists the individual. It assists the individual to possess the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for a specific job for a certain entity. If we were to say that a young man or woman holds 
a bachelor degree in hotel sciences and was trained by the educational institution after graduating for a, a receptionist uh, post in the hotel industry. If she or he wishes to work in a five-day hotel, the hotel requirements may be differ. F- uh, f- uh, the hotel requirements may be or may differ from a lower-level hotel. So the job requirements uh, differ, uh, leading to difference in the training level. Again, if he or she wishes to work in a five-day hotel, the that might be a five-star hotel. The hotel requirements may be diff, uh, may differ from a lower-level hotel. So the job requirements differ, leading to difference in the training level. Cooperative training is another term that the meaning of which intersects with the meaning of the holistic concept of training. Some argue that this type of training is a type of pre-service training. Cooperative training is a training period of 34 months spent in actual job sites while studying at the educational institutions to apply the knowledge and skills acquired in actual work. Uh, with this definition, we cannot call this type of training a pre-service, vocational or occupational uh, training. It is the requirement that the student should exercise to apply his knowledge and skills to the actual reality and has no connection with his training for a specific job or profession. Some educational institutions have developed the objectives of cooperative training when they added an employment goal that allows them to design the training plan for cooperative training according to the need of the institution that will train the student, provided that the institution commits to employ the student after the end of his training period and a graduation from the educational institutions. The foregoing paragraphs emphasize the variation in the definition of a specific concept of the term training. As we have pointed out that this variation is not limited to semantics but goes beyond to the targets. This is what was shown to us by focusing on one level of training such as in-service training for example uh, and ignoring other levels of training or to consider the cooperative training concept as a pre-service training. We are of the view that we have a great deal of confusion in both concepts and terminology, which has led the author to find, for the purposes of this book, a specific definition so that the discussion can take place in the light of this specific concept. The definition that the author has drawn from his various readings and analyses of the available literature and considers that it meets all training stages in its holistic conception is that training is an integrated training system that follows the preparation phase and includes three basic stages which are the following. The first phase, vocational training. It is the training period following the graduation period and is based on the needs of a specific job. The second phase, occupational training, is the training period following the graduation period and is sometimes based on the needs of a specific post for a particular entity, the needs of which are agreed upon. This period usually ends with recruitment. 
<coughs> third phase in surface training <coughs> sorry in surface training all official and unofficial activities including self-development to which the individual is subject during the period of his work with the aim of developing his knowledge and improving his skills and attitudes for better functioning. Uh, figure 1 indicates the procedural definition of the training concept. Let's go to <coughs> the figure, figure 1 here. Figure number 1, procedural definition of training in its comprehensive uh, conception. So you have training activities, vocational training, occupational training, and surface training. This is in box, in the box on the left. And there is an arrow going down, improving and developing knowledge, skills, attitudes, characteristics. And you have the, uh, you have current reality of the individual knowledge. Well, I'll start from the beginning and again in these boxes. So let's go to the box on top on top on the right corner top right corner current reality of the individual knowledge skills attitudes characteristics then there are the training activities vocational training occupational training and surface training then you go down to improving and developing knowledge skills attitude characteristics and of course well, there is the better performance in the so these are four boxes here anyway in order to complete the cycle let's go over this and read it so that we have a, a, a clear understanding. In order to complete the cycle, we must also differentiate between education and training. Education is in the preparation stage, which is the teaching period spent by the individual in the educational institution with a view to obtaining an educational qualification. In order to explain in more detail the difference between education and training, Education objectives are general and broader in scope and aim to develop the individual in general, socially and intellectually, and to prepare him for multiple roles in society or in a particular profession. Whereas training is a term that refers to all activities leading to the development of acquired knowledge, skills and behaviors. It is usually directed to providing the individual with the specific activities and tasks. Therefore, training is connected to the process in which the training results can be identified as a type of performance and behavioral response. If defining behavioral, again, if defining the behavior in a diverse range of areas is not possible, then the process is called education. Again, if defining the behavior in a diverse range of areas is not possible, then the process is called education. In order to further clarify the difference between education and training, training focuses on increasing competencies related to a specific work, while education reflects an increase in knowledge. 1. 2. The need for training. The technological change that the contemporary world is witnessing is very rapid and linked to social variables. In the light of this, there is an urgent need to provide workers with the skills and knowledge that reflect the needs of the labor market linked to social skills and positive trends uh, towards this market. 
The requirements of the future labor market are not limited to providing the trainees with only competency standards to be able to meet the needs of the profession that will be assigned to them, but to social skills, skills uh, to social skills, so that they can handle and understand the variables. Again, I repeat that the requirements of the future labor market are not limited to providing the trainees with only competency standards to be able to meet the needs of the profession that will be assigned to them, but to social skills so that they can handle and understand the variables. Some countries, especially those in Asia, have successfully trained their labor to such an extent that they have been able to compete in advanced international labor markets. Of course, this challenge exists for all world states. Training procedures are expected to strike a balance between social requirements for education, for life, and economy needs. The requirements for training helps the individual to be employable in labor market, which is changing, which is changing at an astonishing pace under globalization, technological changes, and the emergence of new labor organizations. While the preparation stage through education provides individuals with the basics to become eligible for the labor market, the training stage along its multiple uh, tracks provides them with the knowledge and variables to ensure that they can fulfill the needs of the job uh, assigned to them. There is no doubt that the comprehensive concept of training helps the individuals move from one job to another with the abilities possessed soft skills between two parentheses uh, the training also improves the individual's productivity not only in the field of work but in the standard of living and the result thereof will be reflected in the individual's social life as they possess the skills that allow them to make career moves training of youth will transfer the community to become a skillful community which employs these acquired skills to contribute to the development of society. Training also contributes to expanding the individual's career choices. Here we should realize an important fact that training does not only develop knowledge and improve skills but improves individual's positions towards the job as well as provides them with characteristics imposed by the needs of this job. The benefits of training are not limited to the individual but even to the facility by raising the productivity of the individual and thus reflecting the facility's growth. With the continuous training of individuals, the facility is working to improve its uh, products and services and thus ensure that it does not leave the competition in the global market. The benefits of training will be reflected on the state economy and society as a whole. The economy will become productive and competitive through its trained individuals and developing a skilled community, as we have previously mentioned. We may, not, we may notice or note the budgets dedicated by the developed countries in favor of education and training, which of course help them grow economically at an astonishing pace and to address the accelerating changes in the age of globalization. Taking into account the need for training principle in the light of the concept we set out in the first part of this chapter, in the light of this uh, training, our concerns should be all the more typical of quality qualification or in-service training.
This will help to reduce the unemployment rate among graduates and work to increase their employment rates. ILO reports for 2000 have shown that certain types of training carried out in many developing countries have to do with training programs, although they serve as a system but help to reduce the proportion of graduates who are job seekers. The critical need for training comes from the fact that graduates' direct entry into the labor market seems unusual because experience has become an important factor in hiring processes. Regardless of the level of education, the employer prefers experienced graduates. Youth employment is a special concern in most countries. To reduce unemployment rates, whether today or 20 years ago, Many governments have been developing policies that focus on employability employability of youth on the assumption that if the youth became better qualified for work, they can compete in the labor market and also create job opportunities for themselves. The growing interest in practical learning in actual work sites, work-based learning, is a testament to the trend that increases the employability of the youth by providing them with the practical experience that the employer is looking for. Training will help individuals develop their skills and improve their knowledge to make them more employable in the labor market. Not only that, but also makes them able to be in line with modern variants in job requirements facing the market, such as the impact of globalization, rapid technological changes, and new systems. And then in the context in the context of the definition specified in this book, education, which is the preparation stage as well as vocational training, both will provide the graduates with the basic skills that will assist them in the recruitment process. While the occupational training and in-surface training aim to ensure the graduates will sustain their jobs. Uh, graduates are in strong need of training because it gives them the ability to move from one job to another smoothly, especially as we know that there is no room for one specialization in this age. The graduates should be fully prepared for career mobility. Training also helps the productivity of job seekers during work and thus raises their inputs and skills. A greater career opportunities and better future jobs will be available to them. So, uh, so we can conclude here that training is important in leading individuals, society, and economy to the best situation. However, we do not uh, claim here that training alone is the magic solution to the issues of unemployment and labor employment. In order for the training process to be effective, all relevant actors should unite and develop unified strategies and develop unified strategies and policies to eliminate unemployment among graduates. The book here states that time has come to make adjustments to the traditional training pattern where need arises to embrace modern concepts of training under the modern concept of technology and its development to the extent that the speed of these developments has become a problem for training providers and training processes. Globalization has brought its effects on all aspects of life, including training, where there is a need to evaluate programs to suit the technological variables around us. Training, whether in the United States, Great Britain, Germany, Singapore, China, etc., 
faces the same difficulties in terms of the training, responding to the fast-changing market changes and the pursuit of accelerated technology, accelerated technology development. These challenges have become global and there is no longer room for local training programs. 1-3. Training Patterns When we talk about training patterns and the concept agreed upon in this book, we explain the difference between training and education. The training patterns the author claims to highlight in this paragraph are those that are modern and far from traditional and found in foreign literature. The author will not only review these patterns, but will also criticize and analyze them scientifically so that we can draw some of their applications to our local reality. Competency-based training. In the search for the origin of competency-based training, CBT concept, some refer it to the global management theories by Frederick uh, Taylor at the beginning of the 20th century. Competency-based training is derived mainly from the behavioral goals movement and behavior specialists from the 1950s in the United States. The origins of these concepts are derived from educators like Benjamin Bloom, behavior specialists and behavioral goals theory holders consider that focusing on training outcomes, in particular encouraging trainers to employ their training objectives, brings about change in a trainees' behaviors towards positiveness. Training outcomes are usually behavioral goals that are observable, changing, and measurable. The idea of this training pattern originated from the United States in the 1960s where it witnessed the beginning of its applications on teacher training and then these applications began to expand to other professions in the 1970s and were applied in the fields of technical education and and occupational training in the 1980s and in Australia in the 1990s. Australia has implemented this concept to carry out reform operations on the training system. So did Great Britain. Competency-based training does not only affect meeting the needs of the job in terms of measuring uh, their acquiring those uh, needs or the trainee's ability to meet the job requirements, but also affects the methods and means of providing training and allows for a space of negotiation between the public and private sectors as well as trainees. I repeat that. Australia has implemented this concept to carry out reform operations on the training system. So did Great Britain. Competency-based training does not only affect meeting the needs of the job in terms of measuring their acquiring those needs or the trainee's ability to meet the job requirements, but also affects the methods and means of providing training and allows for a space of negotiation between the public and private sectors as well as trainees. This training pattern is expanding rapidly throughout all world uh, continents and some Arab countries have worked to implement it as it is as it is as it is without implementing necessary adjustments to adapt to local environmental conditions thereby reducing their benefits to the training system implemented in these communities 
The idea of this pattern is very briefly based on training the individuals on the best competencies of a certain profession. The question of identifying the best competencies of a particular profession is the weakness point of the Arab countries when applying this concept, but is rather the issue that has disrupted the applications of this type of training in these countries. The idea of competency-based training is old and modern at the same time. Despite the fact that it is uh, still uh, being used till the time being, especially in the fields of training, it is used in higher education as well as in technical and occupational uh, education. Despite the various competency-based training methods, CBT applied in several different and multi-level environments, the principles of this concept have remained the same as follows. Focus on outputs that should be observable and changeable. Meeting the needs of the labor market. Assessment of abilities to control variables. Developing acquired skills. Development of expression of training needs. By focusing on this principle, it's clear to us that there are two basic ideas. The first derives from the economic aspect and social theories, and the second is related to the relationship between the world of education, training, and labor market, and how to transfer experiences from one end to another. Because of the importance of these principles, we will discuss them briefly, emphasizing the relationship between education and training on the one hand, and labor market on the other. On the other hand, one of the first principles is to focus on the learning outcomes as well as their measurement, described as competencies. This means that the focus here is not only on education or training outputs, but also on performance indicators as well as on uh, monitoring educational or training objectives of the main subjects of the curricula, also related to the measurement of criteria which constantly notes the variables of education and training at the level of students and trainees. Therefore, competency-based training affects not only the trainee, but also the training system as such. The competency on which the training process is based under the concept of competency-based training is a process that derives mainly from the need of the labor market. The capabilities are designed to meet the market's theoretical and practical needs and to emphasize the acquisition of knowledge and familiarity with the methods of application in order to achieve the goal of acquiring professional capacity. Under the umbrella of professional competencies, they are updated in accordance with the market need and the process of monitoring capacities is initiated through the control of these capabilities and then categorized as standards for each job. In order to ensure that the professional competence criteria of each job meet the needs of these jobs and are not merely a personal judgment from the people in charge of training operations, one of the methods of competency-based training is to ascertain the criteria of each job through a particular, uh, sorry, through a practitioner in the labor market to ascertain their suitability for the market. Finding this practitioner is one of the impediments to the application of this concept in the Arab countries. Uh, I'll repeat this again. In order to ensure that the professional competence criteria of each job meet the needs of these jobs and are not merely a personal judgment from the people in charge of training operations, 
One of the methods of competency-based training is to ascertain the criteria of each job through a practitioner in the labor market to ascertain their suitability for the market. Finding this practitioner is one of the impediments uh, to the application of this, of this concept in the Arab countries. One of the biggest criticisms directed to this pattern is that it is somewhat ignoring the information that it is based on the individual's effective skills in a certain job. If we take into account uh, DECOM, which is a means of reaching the best competencies of a certain job to apply the concept of competency-based training, competencies come at the expense of the cognitive aspect. Therefore, competency-based training has emerged, and some call it skill-based training, which enhances cognitive ignorance. And this leads us to how, and this leads us to how competency-based training is addressed under the global trend towards cognitive economy, K economy, as well as the training of cognitive uh, employment, K workers, to pursue the requirements of cognitive economy. Competency is the individual's ability to perform specific activities within a particular job according to criteria determined by the labor market. Competency is the individual's ability to perform specific activities within a particular job according to criteria determined by the labor market. Competency itself is a concept that differs from one environment to another. As many Arab and developing countries base their own training curricula on competencies, but in their own concepts and are merely knowledge and skills. These two terms are discussed in many training forums and are also constraints on competency-based training in the developing world, while competency or competencies are much broader in concept and have multiple elements and different levels according to the following. Level 1, knowledge, skills, trends. Level 2, basic performance, key indicator of the extent to which the trainee is able to gain knowledge or skills. Level 3, <coughs> level three performance and knowledge. The trainee... Uh, or the trainees implement what they learn by applying the knowledge at the actual workplace. Level 3, performance and knowledge. The trainees implement what they learned by applying the knowledge at the actual workplace. Level 4, expressing knowledge by performance. Level 5, uh, acquiring competency including all its elements. <coughs> Of course, these levels urge each trainee under the competency-based training concept to be able to do it through training stages. The introduction of the five levels may also depend on the training duration. If, for example, the training program is short, the training program is short, the first level may be enough, and if long, it allows the application of all levels. If we come to the conclusion that the extent to which the levels of competency-based training are applied depends on the overall objective of the training program and the time period allotted to it. Uh, if we come, again, if we come to the conclusion that the extent to which the levels of competency-based training are applied uh, depends on the overall objective of the training program and the time period allotted to it. We emphasize that the competency-based training concept is no longer 
confined to training but has been expanded to education and is sometimes called competency-based education. It has been applied in some universities worldwide, including universities in developing countries. If the talk revolves around competence and competencies, and since there is some confusion in the true meaning of this term, it would be wise to clarify the nature of this concept. Although the term is prevalent in the world of training, the term competence or competencies is not widely used. Common terminology is knowledge and skills, although competence means professional competence in the labor market. But do we mean by competence the ability to perform multiple tasks in a certain job in the labor market? Is competence linked to the performance of certain activities in a given job in the labor market? Or is competence a concept more complex than we have explained? The term competence is a complex concept, so we need to understand its complexities if we are to tailor our training programs according to the concept of competence-based training. The complexity of competence lies in its levels as the first level reflects behaviors while the second level reflects knowledge and the remaining levels reflect competence in all parts. These parts are related to each other because they combine in their components in favor of the trainee in order to perform tasks in certain situations. In order to, in order to, build, in order to build vocational competencies that are the basis of this pattern, experts from a certain profession are hired, frontline workers, practitioners, and supervisors in large enterprises, also those who believe that they are the best to express the labor market needs in this or that uh, profession. Competencies are being accessed through the process of professional analysis by DECOM, uh, short for development and curriculum, and is concerned with curricular development. The DECOM philosophy is based on that the workers in different jobs are the most capable to execute their tasks accurately. A precise definition of the job should include a description of the duties and functions associated with it. These tasks require a bundle of specific knowledge, skills, behaviors, and attitudes that are identified through the so-called DECOM workshop, in which participants are regarded as experts in the job or the target profession. The DECOM workshop should have elements for achieving success and resulting in vocational duties required for a certain profession. One of the most important elements is the coordinator who prepares the workshop and selects the individual practitioners. He also provides all workshop requirements. There is also a DECOM committee which is carefully selected by the coordinator whose members are among those working in the target profession and who are presented with the data to discuss them and to come up with the professional competencies required for the same profession. There is also the director of the workshop or facilitator who is responsible for managing the workshop and should be skilled uh, in moderating panel discussions. He should also analyze multiple knowledge and skills in the, uh, in the target profession and have the ability to infer. Working alongside him is a recorder who assist the manager and records all discussions, information, and conclusions. 
Finally, there is an experts committee. Uh, the committee is uh, carefully selected as it represents the accumulated experiences of the profession and is presented with all the discussions and conclusions to express its opinion on this matter and suggest any amendments or additions. The philosophy upon which DECOM is based lies in three main elements. One, an experienced worker who describes and defines the profession. Two, each profession can be described and analyzed in the form of tasks by the staff of this profession. Three, all job tasks have cognitive applications and positions acquired by the worker to perform these job tasks. DECAM operations are used either for the preparation or revision of curricula or training courses, whether existing or new, as well as for the review of available tasks and jobs. DECAM operations are also used to, uh, to assess available curricula. The DECAM operations consist of three phases as follows. Phase 1. An experienced worker in the same area or profession, whether a trade or industry analysis, uh, or analyzes the profession, again, an experienced worker in the same area or profession, whether a trade or industry, analyzes a profession to duties and tasks and then describes them on cards on a hanged board. These cards are then audited by the attendees, whether they are working in the same job, other people of interest, or curricula developers. They discuss the matter until they reach a final agreement or consensus on the duties and tasks related to the same profession. Second phase, it is the phase where the attendees return to discuss what was reached in the first phase with the trainers, members of the educational body and curriculum developers. Based on these duties and functional tasks, courses are prepared with a logical sequence consistent with the program time frame. Through the classification processes, they are appropriately collected under a training course and are allocated credit hours. Third phase, the specialist, whether trainers or curriculum developers, confirm the contents of the courses, their sequences, and names finally the uh, form uh, of a complete uh, program. As for the method of analyzing a profession under DECOM chart, this profession is included in the DECOM concept under a set of duties related to the target profession. Then comes tasks through duties. Each task is divided into a set of steps. As an example, the profession, executive secretary, the duty, organizing appointments, the task, determining the time and place of each appointment, the step, the appointment is recorded in the journal. Figure 2 shows how duties and tasks and steps for each profession are presented in accordance with the DECOM chart. You could see here, figure 2 demonstrating the DECOM chart, job or profession, then you have duties, uh, then you have duties to tasks, uh, so you have duties to tasks, then you have tasks analysis, then you have the task, then you have the steps, uh, other uh, needs, attitudes, and trends, skills, knowledge, tools, equipment, and material uh, performance criteria. So 
you have the steps and you have of course these are the classification the other needs the attitudes and uh, trends i've mentioned skills knowledge uh, tools uh, equipment and material performance criteria this is the uh, this is figure two you may refer to it in the book <clears throat> although the decom school is common in determining the training competencies of the professions the author will discuss the philosophy underlying the decom concept especially as many arab societies accelerate the application of this school without careful study of the extent of its suitability to the local labor market if we realize that the primary key of decom is the practitioners of the labor market who analyze the profession to duties tasks and steps it will be clear the extent of difference between the the extent of difference between the applications of this school in the developed and developing world what is happening in the labor market in the developed world is completely different from the arab labor market the labor markets of the developed world are almost training institutions based on the strong relationship between the training institutions and the institutions of this market. Therefore, it is not surprising that the active practitioners of a profession in this market can easily analyze this profession to duties, tasks, and steps. Practitioners working in the developing labor market and the Arab countries appear to be experiencing difficulties in analyzing the profession, so mistakes are made and they are reflected in the conclusion of the professional competencies required for a certain profession. Programs are designed according to these competencies, which are not commensurate with the requirements of the target profession, resulting in lean training that does not qualify trainees for market demands. Therefore, the DECOM school should be adapted to the work environment in the Arab countries so that there is a heavy weight and dependence on the profession experts and not on the practitioners. They will find it difficult to determine the training needs, unlike experts who may not face the same problem as a result of their advanced education and practical experience in the labor market. The result of uh, the inability of practitioners is the result of the inability of practitioners to express the needs of the profession is uh, the confusion between what the profession wants and what the profession needs or felt needs which they believe to be the needs of the profession uh, and they are not identifying the needs of profession is a complex process and requires serious practitioners and experts in the field who uh, possess accumulated experience so that they can actually uh, access the duties and tasks that the profession needs not just a sense of these needs resulting in the development of programs that do not reflect the duties of the professional and its functions Alhamdulillah, that's the end of this part. We're still in chapter one.